Esquivan here, welcoming you back to another episode of Wasteland in Anime Podcast. And on the other end is your boy, the prince of anime, of course, Nathaniel Garofalo. Mm. So uh, just before uh, we hit these uh, these these sweet sweet mics and we hit we hit the on button and on the record, I asked you, my friend, mm-hmm. if you knew anyone. Just, you know, who's ever used any, like, synthetic urine of any type for any, well, any purposes whatsoever. That's not exactly what you said. You, uh, you, you okay. like, it seemed like you referenced a specific brand or something. And then I right, said, what, right. and then I said, what is that? And you said it's synthetic monkey piss. <laughs> you specified the animal. I, I would understand why. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure people use... Real urine or fake urine to like ward off animal like certain animals and stuff, but I don't know what I. You got to just explain what you're talking about, because you uh, you, you know, specified that it came from a monkey. I mean, I don't know that it necessarily did come from a monkey. That's what's on the box. Is all I'm saying. Okay, is it's on the box. It's sold for novelty purposes. I'm not sure why anyone would ever need any synthetic urine for any stretch of the imagination but Mm -hmm. i was just wondering if you had ever purchased or seen it you know it's out there if anyone ever wants it i i've heard that it works for yeah for what you may need it for works yeah quote unquote works works. works. like so is this like a you getting this at spencer's where's one buy this Mm, is it a various haberdashery well what's a haberdashery a haberdashery is where you buy hats right (laughs) um I'm not totally sure. I think it's supposed okay. to, I think a haberdashery is supposed to be like a, kind of like a one-stop shop or something where they kind of got everything you need. Mm. Well, uh, then this is a place where you can, well, wherever they sell like bongs and uh, vapes right. and uh, just accoutrement of that uh, ilk. You know, you can also buy some synthetic so, monkey piss. So, all right, let me float this your way. Do I have your word that if I drove over, popped on over to my local smoke shop and said, hey, like, what part of the store is the synthetic monkey piss at? Like, they would be like, oh, yeah. Like, they're, my friend. they're not going to, I'm not going to catch any grief for that. That's literally what I did. Uh I want to say three days ago, two days ago. I'll show you. Hold on. Let me. I think I still have the box. This uh, this synthetic monkey whiz. I'm gonna hold it up. Oh wait, you can't see the goddamn box. Hold it in front oh. of your shirt, probably. Oh yeah, I'll try that. Ah, there we go. Monkey whiz. Serious monkey business. Uh, you, <laughs> unisex. Okay, good. Unisex imitation Yulton urine novelty, novelty kit. kit satisfaction yeah. guaranteed. Well, there's a little proudly spe- made in the USA. There's a little speech bun speech bubble by the monkey. What does that say? Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So so you know you're li- gonna be so there's you know, liquid in there. Yeah. Does yeah. it does it have like an ingredients list? Uh, no, not that I could see. Um, 
there is like instructions and everything instructions yeah no no uh no i feel like looking at that box art i i feel like i feel like they got that at your local spencer's gifts i was actually in uh local spencer's very recently really uh they i mean not that i was looking for that but i i was actually poking around the mall uh I had some downtime and I was shitting around the mall and yeah, went into a few stores and Spencer's was one of them. And the mall is a very depressing place these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been recently? Uh, no. Um, no, definitely not. I actually, it was kind of weird. I, I have a, a friend of mine went to go see Dune in the theater um, but he went like opening weekend and the only place he could get tickets was at the IMAX in Concord, I guess, in like what? in the Willows uh, shopping center, which oh, is like in that new. Oh, in the veranda where they built that big ass. Yeah. And yeah. OK. And so, I mean, for everyone listening, Concord is kind of my old stomping grounds and yeah it's inland of the bay area when when he told me this i was like i didn't even know there was an imax in concord like that's how long it's been since i've been i mean they built it i think uh they built it the year you moved away like short or shortly thereafter but yeah it's Mm -hmm. it looks ridiculous it looks like uh because we've referenced uh the city of dublin uh, on this podcast yeah. before and we said like it looks like a town where like nothing but robots live yeah uh, this is like a step or two below that it's i don't have you been there since like your friend told you about this or anything no okay one of these days uh you're gonna have to come over this way and go to the veranda it's like mm. out of like some socal uh bullshit like it's mm. it looks terrible i hate it yeah, because I remember that shopping center at one point in time was just like there was like nothing there. It was like an REI, and that was it. Okay, so you're you're conflating a couple things. So that shopping center is still there. They just built one right beside it. Yeah. So you but, know how? Okay, but you know how there there's like that old navy there. Yeah. They built another old navy in the in the so, next shopping center over. Oh, so it's not in the Willows. It's like a separate no, shopping center. It's a separate shopping center. Oh, so the Willows that is still su- 20 feet away. So the Willows still sucks then? Yes. Okay, cool. I mean, I don't know that it well, still sucks. They have like yeah. they have a cool restaurant. It was that wait, we went to that restaurant. Uh Eureka, you remember that place? Mm, yeah. Yeah, that was that before. Little... Yeah, okay. But anyways, yeah. that that was really just the setup to to say that I think he told me when he was telling me about his, cause I asked him about his conquered experience and he referenced, uh, the mall over there, the sun Valley mall. Wait, do I know this person as well? Is he like just visiting? No, no, he lives, he, he lives in Berkeley, but okay. it was just cause we were okay. talking about Whatever. malls and I was saying that. All right. Gotcha. He, so he, went he, the, he went to the mall and I think so. Yeah. Um, oh, and he was bummed out as well. No, I mean some people like the the like weird like ironically like the mall, you know, just like walking around in there and Oh, I enjoyed myself. Don't yeah. uh, don't get me wrong. I used to love the mall when I was a kid, like mm-hmm. uh when I was a teenager, uh one of my favorite movies was Mall Rats and I just wanted to be like in that environment. But uh as an adult going back to the mall, it was just it was very weird to see the 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 sharp contrast of like me being there and like being so excited about everything going on and now being an adult 
watching uh, my bank account slowly dwindle, you know, uh, knowing that I don't need certain things as I make my way through the mall, just seeing shit like and seeing certain stores. I'm just like, I don't need anything from there. I'm going to keep walking. It's just like mm-hmm. and 20 years ago or 10 years ago, I would have been like just happy to be there. I don't know. It's a different it's a different vibe. But you're saying? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that I really used to love in the mall, which definitely don't, I mean, I'm pretty sure don't exist anymore, um, was just like the the video stores. I forget what they were called. There was a couple different- Suncoast. Suncoast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, Suncoast was my fucking jam. Th- that's what I used to love going into. And obviously, like when you're a kid, going into Spencer's is always- a wild wacky ride um indeed and yeah i was pissed though uh so i went to the mall a few times within like a week because it was the first time i had been in i think years so i went i was uh nathaniel i've been on i've been on the job hunt i've been out there hitting the grindstone looking for a new job so in between interviews i uh i peeked my head into the mall and it was the first time i had been there in years so some of the allure that got me in there was the fact that like I hadn't been in, in a mall in years and it's the middle of the week. There's no one there. So I'm like taking pictures of like the shittiest. I don't know if you've been in that mall. Oh, you just said that you haven't. But now the only stores that are open are like these clothing stores with, I don't know, I not offensive in the way that like the message or the wording on the t-shirts are bad offensive in the way that it's like everything is clashing. All the colors are yeah. just like jarring. The uh, pictures are of like Mickey mouse or Bart Simpson, like just fucking fizzed out of their mind. And it says like, uh, I never quit or something like that. Now, and it's got like a syringe <laughs> in in little Mickey's arm or something. And I mean, it, there's like four or five shops like that, like one after the other. Like there'll be uh-huh. one or two in between of something else. But for the most part, it's all the same. Yeah, it, yeah that, that's great. That's wild. I mean, this is very interesting to me. I'd love to like see what these brands are. But like... It, oh, and they also cost $89 a pop, yeah, the shirts. So, so that, They're insane. So that's my question. Like when you're telling me this and you're saying it's offensive just in the like literal design of it and how mm-hmm. horrific it is. Yeah. My, it my, and, and the fact that you're telling me it's, these are expensive items. Like the first thing that pops to my head is like, is this something where, cause I feel like it can fall into two camps where one is like, these are just people who are out of touch who are somehow like just totally clueless <laughs> in selling this shit or it's like this hyper Gen Z thing that like people actually. It's some people actually Gen love. Z, but I think it's more like, uh, man, it's a very specific type of person who wears this shit. Hmm. You know, it's alien from uh, Spring Breakers, <laughs> like James <laughs> Frank, that type of person. Right. But like you, I've never seen anyone wear this shit that's hanging up in yeah. in these shops, and it was the craziest thing because I took like maybe twenty or forty photos. I was. I was pretty, you know, I was high at the time, but, uh, mm. I was making my way through the shirt collection and I was 
I was dying and I was asking the guys at the shops, I was like, yo, do you guys have like gift cards or anything? Because I needed to like come up with a reason for why I was taking pictures of the shit. And my angle was that I just, I was taking photos of like Christmas gifts that I wanted. Then I was going to send them to people Mm -hmm. and my phone. I don't know what happened. I don't know if there was like a dead zone in the mall or what, but my phone froze, deleted all the pictures I had on there. So I don't know if it's like some like, set up to get like so that way the the designs don't get out onto the street so people don't see them without purchasing them Mm -hmm. but because otherwise i mean if i'm just if i'm sending this shit out on twitter what's stopping somebody from copy and pasting and like airbrushing that onto something else you Mm -hmm. know then that's 90 dollars they're not getting seriously though uh we're gonna have to like take a trip through there we're gonna go to the mall the veranda Mm -hmm. that's the new uh shopping center it's got a banana republic it's got like this shishi fucking steakhouse this brazilian steakhouse thing Mm -hmm. uh there's this outdoor play structure it's i hate it It, there's a barnes and noble that's like the size of a bathroom for no reason Mm -hmm. no reason at all it's terrible anyone who's buying real estate in the mall uh come on the podcast i got a couple questions for you oh dude there's a uh, convenience store uh in the mall now like a convenience store shop <laughs> like a 7-eleven yeah kind of and it's like it just says corner store but it's not on a corner of it of any of the malls <laughs> I lo- it's tucked away and it's oh god it's i terrible. love the idea of this like little you know lower middle class family out in the some neighborhood <laughs> and they're like come on let's go to the corner store and they like run across the fucking like highway, <laughs> the to, four get lanes of to, highway. <laughs> to get over to the mall to go to the the local corner store <laughs> yeah. in the mall. <laughs> yeah, that's where they buy their lottery tickets. And they got a good tip. Uh, yeah, man. So I just been hanging out at the mall recently, uh, accosting teens, that sort of stuff. But mm. uh, now we're here to talk about anime. We're here to talk about those first thirteen eps of, uh, you know, that uh, space mm. noir, uh, jazzy feeling uh, uh, anime, Cowboy Bebop. Uh, I also checked out a couple other things. Um, the Michael B. Jordan produced Gin Lock that's on HBO Max. I watched the first, I want to say four or five episodes of that last uh, night or something. And then earlier today, uh, under uh, the recommendation of a Twitter uh, friend of mine, um, I checked out uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans. I watched the first, I want to say five episodes of that. Uh, so, yeah, I got a few things to talk about. Nathaniel, what, what do you got on the docket? <laughs> Uh, I've watched Cowboy Bebop and that's it. All right. So all right. That's what's up. You're, you're no. going to be firing off here with these other anime and I'm going to be asking you all sorts of crazy, Ooh, wacky wee. questions. Wait. Ooh, so for, wait. so I'm curious about this Michael B. Jordan thing. So this is an anime that he produced. Uh, I, I mean, see, here's the thing. I don't, I wouldn't call it necessarily an anime, but what's it called? As, really quick. Uh, it's called Gen Lock. G-E-N-L-O-C-K. Oh, that sounds familiar. Um, is this like a yeah, game? Yeah, there's a lot of buzz. Or? This is, this sounds, this IP There's a lot of buzz familiar. around it. But, um, yeah, so, what was I saying about Genlock? Oh, yeah, as you and the listeners of uh, Wasteland uh, know that I have been searching for a mech uh, anime or a mm-hmm. mech show of some sort. Like, I'm jonesing for it. I need it. So uh finally uh I think I had seen maybe the first 10 minutes of Genlock one at one at some point I was like I guess it looks all right. Uh I put on the first step last night 
I had nothing else going on. I had already watched the Bebop episodes for the most part. So I was looking for something else to like pad my time with. And uh, yeah, popped on Genlock, started uh, started watching. I liked what I was seeing, but I needed like more. I needed some different angle and they gave it to me. There's a, I'm not going to spoil it for you just in case there's anyone out there who wants to watch it, but there is uh, a little twist. Um, for the most part, I would say it's sort of uh, Power Rangers meets Iron Eagle, if anyone's familiar with uh, the 1980s uh, fighter pilot series featuring uh, teenagers going to like Iraq to go bomb people to get some guy's dad free. Nathaniel, have you ever heard of this movie, Iron Eagle? They made like no. 10 of them. Okay. Well, this there's is, a bunch this of is live action. Yeah, it's a live action movie. Stars Louis Gossett Jr. and like some white dude. But what happens is, uh, there's this teenage kid and his dad's a fighter pilot who gets trapped behind enemy lines and him and his friends, they go to this old black fighter pilot who used to train this guy's dad and is like, we got to go get my dad. And he's like, all right, I'll train you. And he trains these kids to go like to fly, uh, over Iraq mm-hmm. to go bomb and like to save this guy's dad. Fucking rules. Love that movie. Iron Eagle. My dad uh, loved that movie. So, of course, I love it. Like, it, it uh. was it was played ad nauseum as a child. So, it's like burned in my head. But essentially, um, yeah, Jim Locke is, um, it's a bunch of young uh, people who are uh, tasked with uh, suiting up and being pilots in these mechs. And, but it's also sort of power injury because they have these suits that they're given outside of the mechs that mm. sort of give them enhanced abilities. Um, but yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, Macy Williams from uh, Game of Thrones is also in the voice cast. I think Dakota mm-hmm. Fanning is up in this piece as well. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. I'm just like looking it up right now. I Yeah, I didn't real. I, I probably heard the name just because I'm realizing here that it's been around since I guess 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the second season just dropped uh, last night. I want to say, and mm-hmm. it's done by a different studio. A lot of people are uh, mixed reviews to say the least. Uh, but uh, I haven't gotten that far yet. I'm only I'm still in season one. Season one I think is only like twelve or thirteen apps. So right. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, because yeah, I'm on Wikipedia, I guess it. I guess it was originally done by Rooster Teeth, which is a Western mm-hmm. um, yeah. thing. But uh, yeah, cool. Um, so wait, you watched it all? You watched? No, 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 no. Oh, I okay. watched uh, the first five episodes. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And so, so that's a mech anime. And then also, obviously, Gundam, the whole Gundam series is obviously a mech anime. Yeah, and I've uh, watched Mobile Suit Gundam uh, previously when I was uh, a youngin during my Toonami days, coming home uh, from school and whatnot, uh, staying up late. Uh, but yeah, this Gundam uh, Iron Blooded Orphans was suggested to me, and just through a GIF I saw, I was just like, "Oh shit, this looks kind of interesting." So I just, I watched the uh, trailer on Netflix, added it to my list. Uh, then I put it on Hulu because I think Hulu had. It's easier to watch the dub on Hulu. So I just put it on Hulu. And uh, yeah, I was watching the first, I want to say six episodes of that today. And I was pleasantly surprised. Um, That also has a very 
Iron Eagle is making its way in everything these days. Uh, but Gundam, it's always got kids involved for the most part. So, but either mm. way, um, the main lead in this, uh, it starts with an M. It's like Mitsuka or it's Mizuka. I forget. Starts with an M. I mean, you could be looking this up since you didn't watch anything. You could be the guy in the chair, like doing all the typing while I'm doing all the talking. Sure. So you could do that. Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans. Gundam. Uh, yeah. All right. The the protagonist, uh, it's Orga and some guy who starts with an M. He is the main pilot of the right. uh, first Gundam. So what, what name? Do you Mik- Mikazuki Angus. August. Or August, right? August. Yeah. Mikazuki August. Orga, Itzka, Cadelia, Ina, Bernstein. Yeah, Cadelia. <laughs> McGillis, Farid. Ooh, what about my boy Biscuit? Biscuit. Don't see a Biscuit. biscuit. Don't see a Biscuit. Uh, biscuit should be in there. Biscuit is key. He, I can't wait for him to get a mech. I hope he does. He's a little chubby dude, a little Biscuit. Um, but yeah, I like it. It's uh, it's pretty interesting because not. I mean, I, I'm not giving anything away. Fuck that. What it is like the first episode, um, it's like this colonized uh, part of Mars, and it's all these uh, young guys that are sort of working on a chain gang. They're like they're tending fields or something, and all these shitty older dudes are looking over them. Anyway, there's like this attack that happens on Mars, and the younger guys, even though they are prisoners, they had a Gundam that they were keeping hidden somehow or some shit. And one of the younger kids who's been like a test subject in these uh, Gundam trials, he's like a perfect pilot for it. So he hops in there. It's been retrofitted uh, to work with um, this mech digger thing that he has to use on the chain gang. So he knows how to pilot it even better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it's, these orphans, these young kids, they sort of, uh, they defend themselves against this attack and all the older guys are left, uh, defenseless and the young kids, they come to the older guys and they're like, look, we're running the show now. And the older guys are like, the fuck you are. And Orga, who is the oldest of the young guys has given, uh, Mitsuya or Mitsuka a gun and was like, Hey, I'm going to need you to use this later. And Mitsuka was like, bet. And Orga's like, you don't even know why I need you to use it. You're just ready to go. And like the backstory with them is they've been orphans together for like years. They they mm-hmm. found this civilization together or whatever. But uh, uh, Mitsuga, he's like, yeah, uh, whatever you tell me to do. Like, if you tell me you need my help, I'll help you. So either way, it flash flashback to that, then cuts to this. And uh, the guy's like, fuck you are. We we run this place. The kid Mitsuka uh, comes up with the gun and just blam, 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 just fucking lays into him. Just mm. ah, ah, beautiful. Love it. And Orga's like, is there anyone else? And those are our heroes. Those are the guys that we're rooting for now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we saw these older guys be like dicks to them, but I didn't think our young protagonists would be killing anyone like so right. viciously, but this is war. You know what I mean? This is Gundam. This, and this is a story about child soldiers in uh mobile suit Gundam. Uh, all the guys, they were like 14, 15 years old. They're basically trained assassins who are also Gundam pilots. So this shit happens, you know, but I'm digging it. Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, Gundam is like one of those properties where, 
it like I don't really know the first thing about it under other than it's like mechs and stuff, but it kind of reminds me in terms of like the scope of the IP. It, it kind of reminds me of something like Warhammer or something, where mm. it just seems like there's all these different yeah, option series, and there's like like the some people are like it seems like ju- are just into the like um, yeah the models and stuff. And oh fuck yeah yeah. Yeah, it's, people go ham on those too. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting. Do you think you would ever be willing to dive into the world of Gundam? Uh, I mean, it's the kind of thing where I would need to have like a strong recommendation for one mm, mm-hmm. s- one spinoff or whatever, where it's like yeah, this yeah, is yeah. standalone. You can just jump into this. I mean, they're all and... pretty much standalone. Okay. I mean, although they do tell a larger story and they're all connected, I don't, I have never met anyone who's watched all of Gundam. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'd want to talk to anyone who has, to be perfectly honest, because I've tried to watch some of the older shit and it's unwatchable. It's like Voltron levels of like bad dubbing Mm -hmm. and just, yeah, the animation is not there in the early 80s. I'm sorry. But uh, no, this current Gundam, it, w- it came out in, uh, what did it say, 2016, I think? 2015? Uh, it says here 2015. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it's the most recent Gundam, but uh, the animation is there. I'm digging what I'm seeing. Loving uh, the fights between all the mechs. And there's promise for the char- for more of the characters to get mechs as the story progresses. That's something that uh, I don't know if I like or don't like. Like with uh, Jinlock, it's sort of you snap your fingers and by episode four or five, the team is already like for the most part there and they're just now getting their mechs. Mm-hmm. But with Gundam, it's always a slow burn. Like with Mobile Suit Gundam, all I wanted was for the team, for all these five guys to be together and to work as a unit. But it's not that type of story. They're working like in pairs or they're working against each other mm-hmm. or they're working for the same goal, but individually. And they're very rarely do you ever see them team up. At most, you'll see two or three together. And in uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans, it's they're a team, but... Only it's like they're they're getting Gundam one by one. They're assembling a Gundam team slowly. Like they are they already have the team, but they need to get the rest of the mechs because they're so ragtag that they have to get them uh through hook or by crook. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, so for that, it's sort of like a progression where we're watching the team like so slowly build up. Uh, but with Genlock, it's sort of just like they're there and like I said, I haven't finished either season, but I have a feeling because with Genlock, it's only 12 episodes. It's going to be a lot quicker considering uh, the pacing has to like make sense and all that. But with uh, with Iron-Blooded Orphans, I'm going to get more time with the team and see them grow. And, you know, that's that's what I appreciate with mm-hmm. my anime, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, wait, is it multiple seasons? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it has uh, two seasons. Yeah. So cool. I think this is going to be uh, the show that I like just I don't I don't know how long it's going to take me. But uh, next time I come back, hopefully I'll I will have finished season one mm-hmm. of at least Ginlock so I can uh, give a full review on that. Uh, hopefully I'll have finished uh, season one of uh, Iron-Blooded 
orphans as well. We shall see. It gave me a lot of Gurren Lagan vibes early on too. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, that sort of died down though. Mm. You know. Yeah, I I've never really seen like I I can't say there's ever been like a. I've just never like committed to any mech show really. I we've mentioned back on the episode where we briefly talked about Gurren Lagan how it was one I was wanting to get to. You kind of gave up on it. Mm-hmm. Um I know the other big like contemporary mech show that everyone talks about is Code Geass, um, mm-hmm. which I still haven't seen. Um I've like low-key gotten the ending spoiled to me and like not directly where someone says this is exactly what happens but they compare it to another ending of something else i'm familiar with mm. which i won't say what okay. it is but so i feel like i've gotten it spoiled yeah, even though yeah. just by the comparison um but yeah i can't say there's ever been i'm trying to think i, I yeah i just don't really think i've ever like oh god actually the the one mech show i've actually seen um like a full it was just one season. Um, I'm not sure whatever happened to it, but it was kind of infamous back when it came out. Uh, Darling in the Franks. Are you familiar with this? No, I'm not. <laughs> Let me look that up real quick. Darling in the I've Franks. I've never heard of that. That was a whole experience back when it was on. Um, Darling in the Franks. It's like Franks with like three X's or something. Okay. <laughs> that would be a fun conversation. I wouldn't make you watch this though. Is this just all fan service with this one girl? Uh, yeah, her name is like Zero Two, I think. Okay, yeah, it just says Darling in the Franks Zero Two. That was like the first thing. Yeah, I mean, everyone was obsessed with her, but it was the kind of thing where, like, uh, like the first. I've seen this. I haven't seen it, but I've seen like the yeah. poster around. It was like it. It was just like. Cause I think I was kind of watching it more or less in real time back when it came out, like with everyone else. And it was like, it just, the trajectory was like, is this the new, like the, the next great contemporary mech anime? Like, Whoa. And then it peaked at this like <laughs> midpoint. And then slowly everyone was like, wait, what the fuck is this? And it, <laughs> and the ending was this, like the most everyone, like once the ending hit, everyone was like, I can't believe like what happened. Like it, it was like on such a trajectory to be something special. And then it just totally nosedive. Mm. And there was this ridiculous thing at the end that got like memed into oblivion. But so unfortunately that is like the one mech anime (laughs) that I guess I've like fully experienced. Darling in the Franks. Great, Uh, great OP though. Darling in the Franks. I still love that song. Hmm. There's another one that it's out there. It's on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it right now. Fuck it. Whatever. Hmm. Um, so you mentioned Dune. Are we talking about Dune here? Or should we say that? I still have yet to watch Dune. What are you doing with well, your life? I've tried to, what's ini- going on? I've tried to initiate it multiple times with my girlfriend. Uh, I've tried to initiate Dune multiple times. But she, girlfriend. cause she's like, I've read, I've read the book. I, I definitely want to see it. And then I was like, okay, do you want to watch it? Like the other night? And she's like, what? I'm not prepared right this second. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, oh, man. it's on hold until I like, I'm trying to fi- figure okay, out. Okay. Can you make it happen before I'm we watch sure. our other, or before we record our other thing? Because yeah. 
Uh, Lacey's definitely watched it. Yeah, and, yeah, I know. Yeah, I want. I, yeah. I want to see it. I want to get in on the hot takes. Yes, I want to have an opinion. I want to have an opinion in this fight. Yes, yes, you must. Dune. Everyone has an opinion with Dune. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, have you? I mean, where did we last leave? What were we talking? We were talking. Uh, we're talking Sopranos last week. We did a lot of Sopranos <laughs> chat. Have you thought any more about uh, Many Saints in Newark since uh, since watching it, or has it just left you? Uh, it's more or less left me. I, I mm-hmm. talked with another friend of mine who, like a film friend who watched it and he was like even more negative on it than I was. And he kind of brought me down with him into the Oof. pit of despair. So I'm, oh shit, here we go. I'm like a little, I'm, I'm feeling, yeah, a little less positive than I left Damn. off with it, but you got to get less film friends. That's your fucking problem. You need yeah. to hang out in the gutter with me. That's true. Um, yeah. Why was it the cinematography? <laughs> what was the problem? <laughs> no, no, no. It was just, it was kind of like just everything he was kind of saying was just a more extreme extension of everything mm. I was kind of saying. Even though the cinematography at certain points like was so overdone, it felt kind of like a perfume, a perfume commercial, like on, on the scene where, uh, like the beach, the, yeah, the beach scene where he was drowning, uh, his girlfriend. I was like, who filmed this? This is just like a perfume. It's so whimsical. Yeah. It was like, everything was just like blurred out and like, yeah, I'm like, I can't even pay attention to the fact that he's like drowning someone because it looks so, it was weird. Yeah, I know. overdone but yeah, yeah it, it did seem like a fucking perfume commercial at that point <laughs> that's weird it's weird that you said that yeah i was I, I meant to bring that that was like in my notes kind of uh, but yeah yeah funny. when i because i rewatched that and uh i mean i rewatched many saints a couple times just you know i enjoyed it but uh that scene i remember being taken out because i don't know it's weird dickie and her they're they're in the bathroom. Everything's fine and shot, you know, a certain way. And then they get to the beach and things start pulling back and it gets out of focus. I don't know. Too, too much, too much. Uh, I'll give you that one. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, perfect film. No notes. <laughs> no notes. You're, um, you're every what? creative's uh, dream. You, 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 Am I? Yeah. Cause if you were like a executive or something and they're like, all right, here's rough cut V1. You're like, perfect no notes that's that's what everyone wants to hear yeah but this is the finished product mm, you know true, what i'm saying true i got notes believe me i got notes all right but not on this, this is, you know <laughs> right um should we move on to some mm. cowboy bebop do you want to mosey on to that realm do you have anything else pressing i don't think anything so. anything going on in your world oh wait hold on we got to talk about a few things some anime news Mm-hmm. Daniel Day Kim has been named uh, oh, Fire right. Lord Ozai in yeah. the Netflix adaptation. Just after I was shit talking uh, Netflix, they go and hire Daniel Day Kim. I don't know if they are listening to the podcast or what, but uh, you know what? I will say this is the first bit of casting that I have heard of this adaptation that has given me like some like positive like vibe. But other than mm-hmm. that, meh. Yeah, I mean, I saw that and just briefly on Twitter like two days ago or whatever, whenever it dropped. And I, yeah, it wasn't like a strong 
reaction in either direction. It was my reaction was more of like, okay, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Like it was sort of just like, yeah, that's kind of like the casting that you would expect, not this like wacky ass uh mm-hmm. what's his face, M. Night Shyamalan casting. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it would be great if they can stay on this track and like cast like actors who fit the roles uh, yeah. that you saw, like, you know, one would hope one would hope uh, we shall see, but there's that. And then I swear there's something else anime related. Oh, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, the trailer. Did you watch that mm, for the movie? No. Oh, the movie. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Was it a good trailer? Uh, I mean, yeah, but I haven't read the manga, so I don't know. I have like no context. It looked cool. Mm-hmm. But story-wise, I have no really like yeah. any idea what's going on. So it's just a bunch of like pictures and people shouting and cool sword moves. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I'm interested I- to see what happens. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely have to check that out. I mean, because I it, going back to like way back to when I discussed it on some previous podcast earlier this year, I guess. But because I had I read, I'm like I'm not. At this point, I'm not caught up to Jujutsu Kaisen. Like I was mostly caught up, and I haven't been keeping up the past couple months. Like since uh, he came back from his um, hiatus, but um, like so, I'm mostly caught up with the manga. But then the, this movie is supposed to be based on the like prequel run mm-hmm. that he did, which is it was only like four chapters or something. And I, the big thing that I was saying back when I talked about it. On one of our old podcasts was I was saying I was a little bit confused what the movie would kind of look like structure wise because I felt that the prequel chapters that it was based on was pretty short. Like it didn't feel maybe I was just reading really fast and I couldn't get a sense of the pacing, but to me it felt like not long enough to sustain a feature, but so maybe they're just going to like really flesh it out. But yeah, it's supposed to be about this like very important character who kind of existed in the school like right before everything started. And he's coming in the, back in season two, right? He He's involved in the continuing story of the show. So th- mm. this will... But it, it's kind of a thing where I was... I remember I was reading the main run, like the main run of chapters... And I hadn't read the prequel and his character showed up, but they kind of bring him in with the context, assuming you've read the prequel. So I was like, who the fuck? I was like, who is this? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. And then I realized it was the prequel. So it totally makes sense why they're doing the movie now. Hmm. Um, Cause he's like, plays an important part. Uh, it, as the show uh, continues. So yeah, it's definitely, you know, unlike um, the My Hero movies, it's definitely, uh, it's, yeah, it's a prequel, but it's definitely tied. It, it's it's going to be worth everyone's time, Narrati- I think. Narratively. Yes. Like, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's worth not, your time. Yeah, it's not like a complete standalone <laughs> thing that doesn't affect anything. Huh. Speaking of which, I, I still haven't seen the goddamn movie. The new one, you know, I'm not the, paying to the see new it. My Hero. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is, like, someone should have given us a link by now. That's all I'm saying. 
that's true. I mean, we have like, they might, I mean, there's word on the street that they might not even do season six after we roasted season five so hard on this podcast. Yeah, we wouldn't give them that wasteland bump and their numbers took a dive. Yeah, so, so they they should be, you know how like when there's like a new video game release, they'll like send these mm-hmm. big care packages to like influencers. Like we, they need to be doing that with us. They need to like gr- yeah. grease the wheels a little bit and yeah. put some, uh, inject some, uh, you know, currency into the wasteland. Uh, Guess what? It's good for the economy. Exactly. To take a to take a line from our president, old 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 Sleepy Joe. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I'm worried about the success of this movie because we they didn't give us the pre screener. They didn't uh, get write us a big I, check I, to say no nice way things for me to about it. it. I can't say shit yeah. about it. I mean, all I can say is like those suits look cool from the trailer. I don't know anything else about it. Mm. I. Hey, Twitter, if you're out there, hit your boy up. You know where to find me at underscore Damakazi. Um, let's let's take a little trip. Okay. You know? Where to? All right. Where to? Where isn't, you know, the destination isn't necessarily what matters, Nathaniel. Hmm. Uh, what matters is we're going to be on the bebop while we're going. All right. Okay. We're going to be listening to some smooth. <laughs> Some some Thelonious Monk. All right, we're gonna be listening to some some yeah. some some sax kicking kicking in the background. All right, we're gonna we're gonna be having like steaming bowls of ramen. There's gonna be fucking uh, floating corgis over in the corner. Who knows what's going on? Let's get into this world. Let's talk Jet. Let's talk Spike Spiegel. Let's get into it with uh, Faye Valentine. Mm. Let's let's dig in with Ed Edward. Edward little, is Edward. Little Ed. Yeah, talk to me about how Cowboy Bebop has affected you because this is like my five billionth time watching this. It's such like a comfort show for me. Like I just put it on in the background on like dark and stormy nights or even mm-hmm. uh, warm and balmy nights if I got that AC going. You know, I just put it on if I'm feeling some type of way, if I got that apathy flowing right. It's what it's what soothes me, Nathan. You'll, all right? But- this is your first Fourier. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for, Fourier? Fourier? It's your first time checking this shit out. Yeah. So why don't you tell me uh, initially like what you saw that piqued your interest, things that maybe you weren't familiar, familiar with that uh, took you by surprise, anything like that. Let's, let's get into it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's hard to know where to start, but I guess like... I mean, yeah. So I've only seen, we are watching the first 13 and then the next episode of the podcast will be finishing off. So I only have the context of the first 13 episodes, but yes, I mean, yeah. I mean, just to like clear the air, high level thoughts, it's, it's a total vibe. It's a banger, certified banger. Okay. But but yeah, to kind of like, yeah, contextualize that a bit more. It's like, yeah, it's it's one of those shows where I feel like all the classic anime in the pantheon, it's like there's such in the zeitgeist that you if you haven't seen them, you feel like you kind of understand kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, much like another classic anime like Ghost in the Shell that we did on the podcast, yes. um y- you know, 
it, it's the same thing with bebop. It's like all you hear and see about it. You hear the jazz music, you see the style just bleeding through on the screen. And, um, I feel like that's like the high level of like, that's obviously what it is when you see the show, that's what it is. But then there's all these other like things going on and layers of yeah. play. You know what yeah. I mean? And I guess the f- first place to start for me is just, you know, cause I, yeah, I guess it's just high level. It's like the first thing I'm noticing aside from the music and all that, it's just, there's something, there was something in the water back in the nineties with these animation studios. Mm. Like may, I would say like, there was a lot of 3d, there's a lot more 3d than I was expecting. Um, but, and I feel like the animation here isn't quite at the quality of like the ghost in the shell movie for like 90s okay. yeah, yeah, yeah but that was one that. film you know and this is like right. a show but so it's not necessarily the quality of the animation which i do think is inc- very high but it's just the quality of the the world building you know it feels like yeah. every new planet they're jumping around to there's like some unique thing that it looks like animators or, or um you know the the designers or whatever we're putting thought into like how things work and yeah. So it's, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but it's just, um, yeah, the style and the world building and like finally getting to see this like legend. Well, I mean, they're all kind of legendary characters, but especially yeah. Spike Spiegel. It's like, he's just one of those guys who you just, yeah, you see him, you see him and you're like, I feel like I know that guy, but, so it, it was kind of a weird, surreal thing, actually, finally being along on his kind of, uh, yeah, his whole ride. I can definitely attest to that because that's sort of the same feeling I got when I uh, had first watched Bebop. I was like, I always had this vibe when I like, I don't know, Spike, he carries a certain vibe when you see him. Like, he just seems like too cool for it all. You know what I mean? And you mm-hmm. just don't know what his story is. And as you're watching these episodes... And you're finding like these little tidbits about how he used to be in this like gang of uh, outlaws or not outlaws, but like hitmen or something. And mm-hmm. he had a partner and shit went bad. And he's like, oh, I did die. And like, I used to be dead or yeah. like he yeah. had another life. Like, what's up with that? And like each one of them all like come from. I love that they're all sort of running from something. Yeah. And they all had like these, that's so, it's such like the noir type thing though, you know? Yeah, totally. That everyone's had like the shady past, like even with Jet, how he used to be a cop, you wouldn't expect that. Now he's like mm-hmm. this uh, rugged bounty hunter who's like on the outskirts of the law. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was like kind of hilarious, but like in the best way, like, like I loved it, but it was like kind of funny how it more or less starts, you know, you're just thrust into the, mm-hmm. the jazzy, like high pace, like fast paced kind of world of it all. Everything's a little loose, like spikes doing quips and he's like, got that little like grin on his face, yeah. even when shit's going bad around him and you're like, yeah. And then like slowly as the episodes keep going, you can like see it coming where it's like all of a sudden, like Spike's got a look in his eye and there's like a flashback with just like a 40 foot shadow <laughs> cast like over the characters. And it's just like that kept happening with each character where it's like all of a sudden their eyes are like darkened, you know, yeah. the shadows and you're like, Oh shit. Now we're getting the fucking mm. juice here of, uh, 
<laughs> whatever the fuck happened in their past. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it was great to see just like the little like crew get built up. Yeah, I over, loved. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, but I loved um, just the the bickering nature between uh, Spike and Faye and how Faye mm-hmm. is just constantly trying to steal the money. She's getting the money and she's getting the fuck out of there at every chance. Like I forgot how often uh, she just ditched them, you know, it's going to come. Yeah. I mean, no spoilers or anything, but of course the crew gets solidified a little bit uh, more as the episodes go on. But these first few, I mean, she's she's gone like every other episode she's like yeah. stealing the money and getting the fuck out of there and pretty much yeah i mean to kind of jump a little far ahead i mean i i did really like that moment i think it was in the final it was the first of the final two episodes we watched the part one she and part jazz. two yeah. where she runs out again with <laughs> the money and there's this moment where like she's left but Spike gets word of um, you know his old love interest possibly mm-hmm. being around, Julia. and so he starts to leave. And like Jet's trying to convince Spike to come. He's like, he's like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going out to find my girl. And Jet's like, but Faye's gone. We gotta like get Faye. She could be. In- and and it seems like in his voice that Jet is like, she's part of the crew. Like I want her back. And and Spike is like, why do you care about her? And and Jet tries to reel himself back and he's like well obviously because she took the money but it's like to me it seemed right. more clear that he's like she's kind of our girl now like let's go get her back like a- right i th- i mean it in my eyes like jet is obviously like the heart of this crew um and spike his whole vibe is like he just he doesn't He's like living in a waking dream type like fugue state where he doesn't really care about anything that happens to him. Yeah. He's and up until like until he hears the name Julia, he really it's like he's very laissez faire about life, you know, until he hears like his old girlfriend's name. Yeah. And he just hears the name and he doesn't even know if it's really her. And Jet's even just like, yo, that's a very common name. He's like, nah, 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 nah. It's her. I got to go. Um, mm-hmm. but that's like, I forget where I was going with that. Oh yeah. Jet's the heart of the team. It's just that with Spike, he really doesn't seem to care that much. And I've hopefully with these next few episodes, we'll see either Spike come to the realization that the crew is more than just like desperate people who need a ship to get to point a to point b and he'll see them more as Mm. the family that jet has seen them as and maybe hopefully like jet can express that further but as of right now yeah he had to like cover it and say like yeah it was just for the money yeah i mean um yeah something you said in there you know sparked something and that it's like I think that that's one of the big things that surprised me about Spike because it's like, you know, you have the surface layer where, you know, everyone kind of understands, even if you haven't seen the show, Spike seems like this ultra cool dude who's like quipping and he's, um, you know, just kind of like, a, just like the ultimate cool 
guy. Effortless. Yeah. And uh, then you got this like, oh, he's got kind of a dark past thing. But then there's this like third thing, which you kind of touched on, which I think was the most surprising where he does have this kind of, I'm not sure what the right word is, but he does, like, like you said, like he doesn't care what happens to him and he can be kind of abrasive to people like, yeah. And, um, kind of like very cold sometimes. And would you, would you say it's like a depression or an apathy? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, he definitely had quite a few encounters with people where in my mind before I saw the show, I would have like guessed that he would have been he he just I guess seems like more of a I don't know, friendly guy or whatever, but he had mm-hmm. quite a where he was just like a straight up like dick yeah to people. But I yeah, I do think that it it probably stems from I mean, that's the thing. It's like so far with 13 episodes, it's like I'm still trying to make sense in my head of exactly what this past was because it seems mm. like there's a couple different um like things that I'm trying like especially that we get into in the, in the final in these Jupiter jazz episodes where it seems like there was also like a soldier element to it, but there was also this like gang. Well, and I'm trying to make sense of that. That was kind of, I think with the soldier me. thing, it was just with vicious and, oh, okay. Uh, I forget the person's name. I gotta look it up real quick. Yeah. I don't think I wrote it down. It was like, l- some with an L, I thought. Um, hmm. I'm looking it up. But keep, yeah, keep I yeah. that no, that makes sense. I yeah, because yeah, Spike wasn't in any of those like soldier flashbacks. Um, Gren, Gren, right? Yeah, yeah. No, Spike wasn't, but uh, Gren was, and it was Gren and Vicious. So yeah, I'm not. Yeah, um, they were. They was just to show like Gren had a history with Vicious. And that's why Grin was in the mix. Um, something I completely forgot about, even though I've watched this so many times, uh, like ahead of its time with the whole trans storyline of Grin. Yeah, I was uh, definitely surprised by that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was interesting because it wasn't so much. Oh, I just wanted to say, just yeah. shout out real quick. We're two straight cis dudes who, you know, are venturing to talk about like a trans storyline. So in case we do say something uh, that is like ignorant or anything, just I'm going to say that to take one of your terms, it's one of those Occam razor things where we're just ignorant to and we just don't know. So please educate us if we do misspeak. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's interesting to think about because like in the 90s with anime, like uh, it's it's like I feel like it's a kind of a common thing in anime to have it okay, let me back up. Like I feel like what they were doing wait, his name's was his name Gren? Mm-hmm. Gren. With the Gren character, everything we saw with him like it them. did it, with them, yeah, sure. I but that's kind of the thing, is like it's everything like they didn't get into it that much. It was just sort of a thing. And then it was Mm. not really like ventured into more than that, but there was nothing weird or like untasteful or like 
weird about it. It just seemed like it was just a thing. And then that was it. And we're kind of moving on. But so moving back to what I was kind of saying before that, there is like, I think a pretty common thing in anime where certain creators will do this thing with characters where like, there's so many instances of characters who like everyone thinks is a girl or a guy, but it's like very androgynous kind of thing. And it's, it's, it's usually treated in more of like a weird sexual comedic way. And like, I've right. seen that in a lot of different anime. Um, and in the nineties, even in the West, I feel like this in the nineties in the West, I feel like we were still kind of like trying to wrap our heads around like traditional oh, yeah. gay stuff. Yeah, so no. for, for the nineties in Japan, I do, I just like wonder what the creators were really like, if, if in their minds, they were like, if, if they like in their head, not that they said this on the screen, but like in their head, <coughs> if they were like, this is a transgender person, or if this was like, if they were using a different method of thinking about it in their head, like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Does that kind of make sense? Mm, I'm not certain. Like, what are you saying? Like, were they not trying to, well, cause were they not like saying like, this is a trans person in the terms of like what we know a trans person to be today? Like, where are you more, saying like, they more were, or less, I mean, okay. like, I, I guess, yeah, it, I it's just like, Cause you introduce it as a trans storyline. And I think, well, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. and it's not that it's not necessarily yeah. a trans storyline. Maybe I misspoke. It's just, um, it's, I mean, it's a storyline that involves a trans person. That's what I should have said. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think, yeah. In the, mo in the modern context, you and I would look that that's the first thing I wrote in my notes was like, you know, I, I referenced it as a trans thing, like using that word, but I'm just mm -hmm. trying to like, imagine like back in the nineties, how they thought about it, like how they were thinking about it, you know, because this uh, is, the, uh, I mean, the term I think is still trans, but like it probably is like one of the, they were probably thinking of it in a term like that we don't yeah. use anymore. Yeah, but I, so I guess another way to talk about it is like, you know, this is there's instances in this sh in Cowboy Bebop of like things and care like modifications and things to characters that mm. don't exist in the real world, and I'm trying to wonder like with that character Gren, like if they were literally thinking like this was a person who was born one specific gender or right. assigned a specific gender at birth, however you want to think about it. And then at a certain age, they were like, I'm going to get transition surgery to closely resemble. But it's like the, the language that they, that the grand character used was like, it was like, I'm, I'm, well, I can't remember exactly what they said, but you know what I'm saying? They were like, yeah, I'm not one. I'm not the other. I'm both at the same time. So. I'm just on the uh, Cowboy Bebop wiki mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, Kawamoto uh, Toshihiro 
I think that's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, character designer for the series stated that the most challenging character to, de- to design was Gren, as Gren was originally modeled after Brad Pitt, but <laughs> Kawamoto had trouble picturing Brad Pitt with breasts. <laughs> um, let uh-huh. me see. Gren appears to have gynecomastia, males growing breast tissue, which is not uncommon in men taking steroids and other drugs targeting hormone uh influencers uh after okay what why is this in the trivia but either way um let me see grin reveals that he's gay or asexual when he told faye that being in a sexual relationship with a woman is not his style so mm-hmm. okay grin is an ace or a gay ace or a gay yeah person. so yeah. yeah i mean what you just read there may, maybe this is like the final way, the final thing I could maybe say about it is like, I guess my ultimate question with that character, what? I, I'm so stupid. I mean, there's a quote here from Grin where they say in the episode, I am both, but I am neither. So, I mean, we're wondering like, did the writer or did the creators have anything in mind? Yeah. I mean, they did. This, this is this. I mean, that's, Mm-hmm. They're a non-binary uh, trans person, I, I suppose. I mean, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That line says it all. Faye asked, and Grin answered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, it's just always interesting to like, just when you start to get into works of art that like exist kind of before the cultural shift into like the modern understanding and just trying to like think about if you were a person in the 90s like how are you thinking about mm-hmm. this thing that we think about very differently now than was commonly thought uh, about in the 90s <clears throat> but um, yeah yeah no i'm just there were i'm thinking probably plenty of people and especially some a lot of creatives who were living with people who are living these lives or living these lives themselves. And mm-hmm. this was how they like started to weave it into the zeitgeist and tried to bring mm-hmm. it into more uh, conversations. It was just like, you know, giving characters their voice. I don't know. But I mean, yeah. I digress. Let's, uh, are we talking Jet now? Are we talking Faye? Where, where are we going with this? Because uh, I mean, Something that is like ultimately, I think, to the detriment of the show, but keeps me coming back to it time after time. So I'm not sure. It, it's like the episodic nature of the show makes it so that way a lot of the episodes you can like just dip right in, dip right out. Like it doesn't matter where you are for the most part. Yeah. And later in like the latter half of the season, there's, uh, I mean, there's an overarching story and you can see like, drops of that in the first 13 episodes but of course with the last 13 it becomes much more clear um but for the most part since it's so episodic you can just sort of watch whatever episode whenever you want and it just feels like a slice a slice of life you know mm-hmm. out of the, out of the bebop crew for this week um yeah so it's kind of hard to like really get into the overall like story but i don't know like yeah. uh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, going off that, I that was another thing I guess I was surprised about was how 
episodic it was, where it was mm. a little more like bounty of the week yeah, kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it was like, I don't know that I'd classify it as like a complaint necessarily, but there were certainly times where I was like, all these like one-off episodes are still a lot of fun and like you're getting these character moments and stuff, but like it was definitely hard to like dip in like very hard to like, Oh, this is like, I can tell that this backstory stuff is like mm. the overarching thing. And, and then it's like a hard, it's like a hard in and then a hard out. Like the next episode, they're back to like, yeah, Hey, let's go on a wacky adventure to this planet for an episode, you know, even though right. those episodes are still fun. It's like, I can tell there's a larger story here and they're like, a lot of this like backstory stuff that they're drip feeding you is like pretty vague. Like there were certain things I was like trying to like make sure I was following. Right. But, um, but yeah, so that's definitely something I noticed like very early on just how episodic it was, at least in the first half. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's something that like, it's not a favorite thing of mine whenever I watch, other anime but with bebop it's just something i've come i guess to you know appreciate it's just it's how it is with this crew and uh i if there was ever a revival of any sort like aside from the live action thing we're getting now i i i would kill for like a more uh like structured uh just like not cohesive but uh you know what I mean? Just something where it's like an arc of like 10 episodes of, yeah. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know, but it's each episode bleeds into last. N- none of this like onesie twosie bounty of the week. Like it's maybe it's like some heist thing where the crew has to reassemble or something, but yeah, I dig. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, a lot of those one-off episodes, I mean, it felt it felt like at the end of a lot of those one-off episodes, it like, they were trying to, like, deliver, do their best to deliver these really powerful, like, character moments for just the random one-off character of that episode. Sometimes and, it works. Yeah, I, that, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I mean that's what I was gonna say. Like sometimes it it hits a little more than others, but sometimes I'm like, okay, I recognize, <laughs> I like I recognize the moment you're trying to give me right now, but also I just met this person like 15 minutes ago, uh-huh. and it's a little like, yeah, you're you're giving me these one-off episodes and like they're fun and stuff, but. It's hard, yeah. It's hard to form. To me, it's usually hard to form that connection in just one. Yeah, especially episode. when all you want to do is like sort of just hang out with the crew, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I want more stuff of them. I mean, that's one kind of minor complaint I have just so far in the thirteen episodes. Like, granted, the Ed character hasn't been around for that long, but like, he kind of had his introduction episode, and then he's. She- Oh, is it she? She, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um. So Ed got their introduction episode, and um, 
you know, they've only been around like to episode 13, they've only been around for a couple episodes, but they're just like very casually in the background, like of the ship. It feels yeah. like, you know, and maybe I'm assuming they get a lot more like as the episodes go on, but it was just sort of like, here's a whole episode and we got this new person. And then they're just sort of like bopping around in the back of the ship, you know, for the next couple episodes. It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, they could have done a lot more with Ed early on, but they could have also done more with Ayn. Ayn is supposed <laughs> to be like a genetically modified Corgi and yeah. it just, it's a regular ass dog <laughs> for all intents and purposes. Cause yeah. Yeah. I never does shit. So I don't know, but, uh, Edward is fun. Ed is, uh, Ed is good times. I think you'll enjoy Ed, uh, with, with more episodes. But yeah, I mean, they just popped up in episode nine, I think, for the first time. So there's not much to go off of just yet. You know, yeah. they didn't, uh, there's no Ed in the Bebop, uh, the live action, I don't think. Yeah, that's too bad. I was kind of wondering about that just because, you know, after I caught up with these 13, I, and it's something, you know, we can maybe talk a little more about now that I have the con context of a lot of cowboy bebop at this point i went back and watched like all the teasers and mm. trailers and stuff and i was thinking about ed and i was like well maybe you know they show up a little bit later in the show like i wonder if it's they're possible. they're holding off but um yeah i guess that would be weird i mean you know are they covering the whole like the entirety in the live action I think so. Or yeah, like just in one, or do you know if they're going to split up into two seasons or it's like one? No idea. Okay. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean like from what I was noticing in when I rewatched the, the trailers and the teasers and stuff, like I was seeing a lot of those weird, like one-off characters. So I'm like, they're clearly Mm -hmm. following this like pretty closely and faithfully, at least from what I can tell in terms of some of the right. stuff I'm seeing. So I would find it very bizarre if the Ed character wasn't in there, but you know, I don't know. They, they obviously haven't been in the trailers. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it's just like Ed was such a cartoon that like, I don't know, like having uh, an actor do it would just, take away from whatever uh gravitas they're trying to like create on on the show i don't know i'm not sure but we'll see yeah i mean the ed character in the anime is very like they have a pretty strange vibe that would be hard mm-hmm. to capture that probably like in a live action performance but yeah just i mean i don't know i feel like it's cl- easy enough to just adapt that character enough to where you just got some little whimsy or whimsical uh-huh. rapscallion <laughs> uh, uh get some like tomboyish actor and put a big red wig on them or something Maybe. I don't know. It seems it seems like just but hire that dude who played Evan Hansen. He's not doing anything <laughs> yeah. anymore. Um, um so yeah, after you watched the trailers and everything, like was that what you like noticed from the most part was that uh it had like the one off characters and shit? 
Yeah. I mean, I was just like, I don't know. I, I still, I don't know that like I have any hot takes or any like any super different perspectives from when I had watched those trailers and stuff like without any context, but it definitely is weird seeing like it, de- it definitely seems like John chose spike is going to be just inherently a different kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that it's going to be bad. Like it doesn't seem like a bad vibe. It just seems like a, a different vibe. There's nothing like, I think everything, I still think like everything I'm seeing from the trailers and stuff, like it looks intriguing to me. Like it it does. I feel like it's going to be good, but it's going to be, it seems like it's going to be a faithful recreation but in its own unique way you know yeah much um yeah yeah no yeah i was just gonna say like uh john Cho's spike uh seems to be a little bit more serious you know uh the anime spike he's more uh just whatever like to take a line whatever happens happens but like you know there's more ruminating under there but he he always has that smile on his face and yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. Different vibe. You're right. Yeah. And I mean, obviously the fact that he's an older guy just brings yeah. a different thing to it. But I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you saw this quote that he gave, but I randomly saw this quote, like specifically him responding to the, you know, cri- the critics, the fan critics saying, that uh, I don't know if he can do this. He's like so much older and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, he responded specifically to that criticism. And he said something like, um, I think that at my, like if I had gotten the spike role when I was like tw- in my late twenties, I don't know if I personally could have done it back then because I would have been trying to be the like, Mm. that cool version of spike and i wouldn't have been able to get to that different those deeper layers okay spike um so i you know may may, you know maybe a more accomplished young actor could have done that but like it you know if he's being honest you know i feel like that's an honest take on it yeah uh we'll see i mean like I said, last trailer got me more interested than I had been previously. So, uh, I mean, I'm a fan of Bebop to begin with, uh, and we're going to cover it for the podcast. So what the hell? Um, did you have any other thoughts on the series or anything? Um, I mean, man, I have, <laughs> I think I took too many notes cause I'm just scrolling and I'm well, like, throw, I can't throw them out there. Man. I can't, we can talk about I can't make sense want. of any of this. Um, Oh, <laughs> I did enjoy, I think of all the like, like one-off episodes um, that didn't play into like the main story. I did get a kick out of the like cabin fever bottle episode, whatever you want to call it. Episode 11 with the mm. like, the fridge yeah. thing. Um, 
Don't leave anything in the fridge, man. I just, like at, at at that part, I was just like this whole thing. I mean, he even said like he before he said that literally at the end, I was like, this is just an episode about <laughs> a horror story about what it's like to leave something in the fridge for too long. And I was just like, all right. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. Like we've all had that experience. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I got a kick out of that one. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I had some thoughts just about like, I think this is like a really interesting take on just cause it's hard to even like, obviously you would call this sci-fi to some extent, but it's like, I almost don't think of it as sci-fi just cause it's so like, right. it's such an interesting take on the space thing. Cause like, they do reference aliens once, but like there's no aliens around. There's not that much like cybernetic. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it cyberpunk. No, really. not necessarily. I mean, people have uh, like cybernetic prosthesis and there's like cryogenically frozen people here and there. There's like some AI, but yeah, yeah no, it's yeah. It just, I appreciated the, like this kind of take on, sci-fi where it's like more grounded it really seems like a bunch of humans who like got a little bit further out into space and we're just kind of kicking around out in the (laughs) like you know i mean spikes in a fucking suit like just like travel like flying in a spaceship and it's like it, it gives a different um yeah it's just like a different vibe to the whole sci-fi aesthetic and it's um definitely easy to fall into that tropey kind of really tired sci-fi thing and just when you see something different it i think it oh, really, sure. really sticks out and i, I think I, that's oh or, or, i was just gonna say really quick well you say your thing i'll say it after. i was just gonna say i think that's why i enjoyed it so much was like it was equal parts western equal parts noir equal parts uh futuristic science fictiony type thing it was like no one part was more than the other. You know, it could have been two. Like when you hear the name Cowboy Bebop and you know, like it's, or you hear like the jazzy um, intro, I always thought it was going to be like space Western. And mm-hmm. sometimes it can be that, but sometimes it can also be other things. You know, it can also be like a slapstick comedy. It can also be an action thriller it can uh be this uh like slow paced noir type thing so there's all it's all the shit glommed in and like thrown into the mix yeah so yeah yeah so having it uh not be so futuristic i think was one of the things that i was like oh shit like this is i don't know it felt because it was made in the mid 90s i believe and uh wait was it i think it was 98 okay late 90s all right no 2000 what there's a little thing at the end of each episode that says like copyright oh maybe that's because it like premiered out here in like the early aughts but uh okay yeah so uh 98 uh late 90s let me see yeah so it's late 90s it's set in the year 2071 so it's hmm. that thing where you're guessing what the future is going to be. And this person, they, instead of like overdoing it or like making it like turning that shit to 11, 
they had it like on three. They kept it pretty realistic. They kept it pretty grounded. And I feel like doing that with all those little parts kept it so that way it made you feel uh, safer watching it for whatever reason, if that makes sense. Otherwise, you have to like sort of be like, okay, yes, it's because like getting people to watch Cowboy Bebop after they watch like one episode, they're in. But before that, you're just like, well, what am I getting? You really don't know. But after you mm-hmm. see what it is, you're sort of, I don't know where I'm going with this, man. I'm rambling. But sure. the point is, it, it's a fun watch <laughs> and it's everything. It's everything and nothing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I guess some other random thought. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking kind of tied to what I was saying before, just about like the different worlds you're jumping to. Like, I, Again, just more stuff I appreciate about the sci-fi thing. It's like, it, it's like the other big like. It, I I just appreciate that we didn't necessarily see the like, it's nighttime and you see the compact like Blade Runner street. You mm. know, like that's like a very overplayed thing. Like the so it's it just yeah I don't know it, it, it everything it, is very spread out. You know yeah. And, you know, like you have like the planet that's like, it seemed like there was those like lily pad cities on like yeah. water. Like you get, you just get like interesting stuff like that. Um, I just watched uh, the 2012 remake of Total Recall last night, mm-hmm. or I tried to. Uh, terrible. Hmm. The original is one of my favorites. <laughs> Philip K. Dick, phenomenal uh writer are you a big dickhead are you do you like uh, uh pkd i don't think i've ever read any of his novels but i've seen the original total recall what'd you think I've, it must have been a really long time since i've seen it i think i Directed remember by in, paul verhoven yeah um i remember <laughs> i remember the- whoa whoa what was that yeah what was that you film school yeah, snob no, he- what was that <laughs> I, he is a legend. I'm tired. I didn't mean anything by it. I promise. He directed Showgirls. That's true. Um, he, uh, yeah, no, I remember. I remember like bits and pieces of like certain scenes that like mm. impact imprinted themselves on me, like as a kid. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying is that's why I love it too. Is yeah, I yeah. saw it when I was a kid, and it like burned itself into my retinas, like uh-huh. very distinct scenes and i rewatched or yeah i rewatched the uh the remake not too long ago and just to your point it was all that cramped blade runner bullshit everything mm. was wet and rainy and gray with neon in the background and i was like this is mars like what ugh, this isn't what i know total recall to be i don't like this but the original from the 80s it has this weird like I don't know. You know, it's like a B movie type thing, but it's it looks different. It looks yeah. It doesn't look like the the quote unquote future as what we know right. it to be or what um, Hollywood has made it to be. It looked different. That's why I like the original uh, Total Recall is because it didn't look like what we currently know the future to be or what we thought the future was going to be or what Hollywood told us it was going to be like uh, the future in that. And the new one, complete Blade Runner knockoff Minority Report bullshit. It, yeah, it's terrible. I hated it. Don't watch it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I feel like it doesn't even take 
that much, like it can't take that much to like do something different than that. So like, I feel like it doesn't take a lot to like, you just got to like hit outside of that kind of like think outside the bun live exactly exactly i like that like there i like that one ship that was like a roulette table like (laughs) yeah yeah and Um, they have that in the in the fucking live action thing too oh nice Um, yeah but yeah i love like speaking of spaceships i i love the just kind of like visual thing of like those like the uh the or rings the rings like that you Ooh. jump through like yeah where you just like i see love that kind of... in space yeah i love a good ring yeah they have that in the expanse that's another show you need to check out mm, right right yeah um yeah i'm just like scrolling through my notes um yeah nathaniel's yeah. notes new, I, new segment i i liked um i mean going back Eight to notes. going back to character moments back to Faye. um i liked when she was at Gren's apartment and like she she told him that like she ran away from her crew and he said some they said something like um like you abandoned them because you were worried that they were going to abandon you Uh first something like that um yeah I just really liked that yeah um moment um because yeah they're a crew now i don't want anyone to run away i want them to be a family um yeah there was that the back the um the uh, jet backstory episode yeah with that woman yeah. that was pretty good um mm, i just got up i just got random notes on each i don't know that half of these are that worth mentioning um the wait did it say in those 13 episodes because it seemed like was the first time they went to earth the um the ed episode thanks so. Did did they mention like what happened on Earth? Because it seemed like a lot of it was fucked. A lot of catastrophic events, like okay. it's tsunamis and earthquakes and shit. You know, global disaster after global disaster. We don't take care of Mother Earth, Nathaniel. Mm, true. Um, we only got one. Facts. Um, last thing I'll say, I like the uh, what's that bounty hunter show? that comes on it's like the wild west like oh, the sh- one where they get their uh their bounties yeah it's like the yeah they have those two yeah i like that i like that. <laughs> I don't, okay yeah, i like it cool what can i say it's a show with a lot to like indeed it is um but yeah i am like pretty pretty pumped to finish it off and i'm you know I got to say, I'm pretty excited to see what the live action series does. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be. As am I. I. I have high hopes for it. I like John Cho ever since he did uh, Columbus. It's one of my favorite movies. You know, John Cho was also in uh, that Total Recall remake. <laughs> oh, really? He had platinum nice. blonde hair. Yeah. Damn. I was like, what the fuck? How did this movie fail? 
And it's because they didn't have any vision. It was all it looked like Minority Report. Terrible. Mm-hmm. And Minority Report ripped. Oh, man. That was mm-hmm. also a Philip K. Dick thing. Hmm. Yeah. He's all over the place. Starship Troopers, too. Wait, no. That was Paul Verhoeven, though. I'm getting my uh, yeah. Verhoeven and my dicks mixed. I mean, I, de- um, I definitely saw Starship Troopers like a bunch. A billion. Yeah. That, Fuck yeah. That, that was like that movie rips. That was like a fever dream as a kid, like at least at the age I saw it, where I was just like, it was a type <laughs> of satire that like a kid's mind can't understand. So it was just like, Half the times watching that as a kid, I was just like, what is this supposed to be? I do not understand this. Like, it's very bizarre to see as a kid. I'm um, sure. Yeah. Um, I think I saw it like as a teenager and I just, it was just funny. It was funny to me. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, as I got older, I got the satire, but yeah, the only good bugs, a dead bug. Um, <laughs> next week, we will be covering the remaining uh, 13 apps of Cowboy Bebop. Uh, please check us out then. Um, Nathaniel, do you do you have any like anime you're looking forward to? You're gonna check out soon. Do you have look? There's something I want to talk to you about. Okay, you gotta get your anime eyes ready. Are you getting your anime mm. eyes ready? Because after this mm. shit, we're gonna have to get back into the game, man. We have to start watching shit with subs again. I tried to put on mm. that Gundam show. I watched like two episodes with subs. I was dozing off. I didn't know what was happening. I changed it over to dubs. I'm fine. I'm awake, I'm alert, mm. but my anime eyes, they're weak because we've been watching Legend of Korra, or not Legend of Korra, but uh, The Little Bald Boy, That's Avatar. True. We've been watching that shit for weeks. And, I've been, and I've been watching uh, Bebop dubbed. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's like, it's obviously easier on English-speaking ears to to watch things dubbed, but... Um, like the, uh, the, but that's the thing. It's like not everything is the quality of the Cowboy Bebop dub. I mean, it's facts. It's very true. It's very good. That's exactly my point. Is because everything is not that well, quality, we're gonna have to get our anime eyes ready. I, I, I mean, I'm ready enough in the near future. I mean, mm. you're not gonna be there with me, but Stone Ocean JoJo Part Six, Oof. coming to Netflix. I like how he he throws shade. You're not gonna be there with me. Why, why would you be, be there, there with me? You you jumped off right when things were getting good. I could pop in. I could take a uh, look. Oh, I wouldn't be allowed. You know, I wouldn't be allowed. In. Yeah, nah, I could pop you, in. I I could take a peek, see what's going can, on with Jolene or what's what's her name? Jolene. Jolene. Da- see, I know her Jotaro. name. Yeah, I'm halfway there, man. I, I know the only the thing you need to the only thing you need to know about is the stand arrows. That's the one thing you missed. The stand, stand arrows. arrows. What's a stand arrow? It's the tip. It's an arrowhead uh, that was crafted by an unknown person years ago after a meteor crashed. And if you get pierced with a stand arrow, you either if if you're bought if you are someone who has the soul strong enough to be able to have a stand, you can be granted a stand if you get pierced by one. But if oh, or if you, you have one, it gets taken away. Uh, not no, not necessarily. Something either really good or really bad will happen if you have a stand and get pierced. Uh, it kind of depends on the person. What? 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 Wait, who? Wait, who's sh- who's hitting you with these arrows? Who gets to decide? What the fuck? Well, and wait. Okay, so it just, in, it just happens. It's in, random. If you get pierced, it's good or bad. It's no. So like for example, in part five, it takes place in Italy in two thousand three. Uh, there's this 
the villain of that part. I was 15. The villain of that part is a, um, oh, that's the age of all the gang members in uh, part five. Gang gang. Um, the villain in that part is the leader of this gang in Italy called Passione. And he uh, he gets a hold of a stand Passion. arrow. He gets a hold of a stand arrow and he turns like everyone into the gang into stand users. So now it's a gang full of stand users. Some of them were born with it. Some of them aren't. It's that's the world of Jojo. You know, you, there's two ways to get your stand. Now you're either born with it or you mm. get pierced by the stand arrow. But what, but how do they, cause you said either something good or something bad happens. Mm-hmm. If you get pierced with it, and you already have one. Yeah. But like who determines if it's good or bad? Like what happens? You know what I mean? Like what, how, well, like, is it okay. 50, 50? You, or, I, 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 is I'm, it I'm based try- on morality? I'm trying to remember. No, it's not based on morality. I mean, like, I'm trying to remember if anyone got pierced that had a stand and something bad. Like, it's just like, no one, no one, it, it, it's up to, I, I don't know. It's up to you whether you, it's good or bad. I mean, like, certain people have gotten pierced with the arrow and gotten, like, the most ultimate of ultimate power-ups to where it's, huh. like, busted what they huh. can do. Um, and I mean, honestly, someone in part five gets a power up so strong that people argue that it's the most OP ability in all of anime. But, um, so that's possible if you get pierced with a certain type of stand arrow, there's not just, there's stand arrows and then there's Requiem stand arrows, which is a separate kind (laughs) of stand arrow. Uh, I love how you poke holes in all stories, but whatever it comes to JoJo's, you got you got room for all the bullshit. You got a ten ton uh, drum tight. full of bullshit. It's airtight. What are you What are you talking <laughs> Fuck about? Out of here, these fucking stand arrows. I love it. Oh man, guys, this has been Wasteland in Anime Podcast once again, bringing you the hottest takes in anime. Uh, next week, like I said, we will be finishing up uh, Cowboy Bebop. I may. Uh, have some hot takes on Genlock. Mm. Maybe I've even finished uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans. Who's to say? Who's to say? I'll be working on my anime eyes, that's for sure. Nathaniel, how about you? I'm gonna have to go to the eye doctor, get some like contacts or something. Mm. Anime anime eye contacts. I'm gonna be juicing, that's for fucking um, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna one, get all the roids. Once Bebop ends, you know, I'm ready to uh, start dipping my toes back in there. Okay, we got to figure something out. All right, guys, uh, thank you for listening. Rate and review on iTunes. Hit us up on Spotify. You know where to find us. This is uh, Wasteland, baby. Later. Wait. See you, Space Cowboys. Cowboys.